You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the latest edition of Locked On Indians. My uh, Audacity interface really wants to give you guys bad sound quality, as every time I seem to open it, it wants to open up with the uh, the stereo or the... Uh, the computer's microphone. Uh, luckily, I caught it only five seconds in this time, as opposed to six minutes yesterday. We have so much to talk about on today's show. I mean, there's so much breaking news. Literally nothing happened today. So instead, let's look at when it comes to a trade like the one for Francisco Lindor. When you get right down to it, let's go back to the last one, the Trevor Bauer deal. The Reds were a surprise team. Like Where he ended up was a surprise. That was a surprise team that kind of came out of nowhere. So who's the surprise team for Francisco Lindor? Well, we talked about why the Dodgers are not um, a good fit. They're a team that's afraid to trade top prospects. They're gun-shy. So you have to find a team that has a history of going all in, that has no fear trading away prospects, and has a legitimate chance to contend in the next two years that match up uh, well with uh, Lindor's window enough to go out and contend. And I think there is one team really above and beyond the rest that kind of stands out to me as the surprise team. The team that could A, afford to get Lindor, B, the current window makes sense, and C, could also, um, you know, aren't a team that are a team that no one is talking about at this point in time. And, and when I started to think about that today, there was one team that really came to the forefront. And that team, without any further ado, is the Oakland Athletics. Now, I know what you're thinking. They have Marcus Simeon. They don't need a shortstop. But let's just think about this for a second. Yes, Simeon likely would be annoyed at moving off the shortstop. uh, But he does have a long history of uh, playing second base as well. He's turned himself into a very good shortstop. But he's played multiple spots on that infield over the years. And... When you think of the idea of a defensive infield with Chapman, Lindor, and Simeon, that would be the best infield in baseball defensively and probably the best trio at those positions offensively. And yes, I mean, since he's come over from Chicago, uh, 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19, Simeon has been exclusively a shortstop. And uh, you would have to deal with his potential anger. Like, that is the one thing you get down to. But if you can... Also, pitch it to him as like, you know, you're moving, you're being a team player. It's going, people know you can handle short. You've done it successfully. Um, I mean, that's really the only hang up. Uh, one can make a case that Simeon was actually the best shortstop in baseball last year and not uh, Lindor. And so now, you know, like I said this is the only hang up is they, they have a, an amazing shortstop. Uh, they don't really have a second baseman right now that I, um, I feel great about, uh, you know, they traded pro far away to get some catching depth. I did like Austin Allen. So I like that addition. Um, right now you're looking at probably Sheldon noose spotting in at that spot, uh, who I like, uh, but yeah, if you can do, uh, so let's just talk about what this team would look like right now. Catcher Sean Murphy had a heck of a rookie season. He debuted late, only had uh, 61 at bats in 25 games, but he was, uh, he was awesome. Uh, four home runs, five doubles, uh, 245, 333, 566, 137 OPS plus. 
first baseman Matt Olson hit 26 home runs or 36 home runs. I'm sorry, a year ago, 26 doubles, uh, 137 OPS plus. Uh, Marcus Simeon on 138 OPS plus. Uh, 33 home runs, 43 doubles. Matt Chapman, 36 home runs, 36 doubles at third. Uh, let's skip to center field where you have Ramon Liriano, uh, 24 and 29, 128 OPS+. plus. Now you're hoping for Steven Piscotti to rebound a bit. He wasn't terrible, but he wasn't great in one of those outfield spots. Uh, your DH, based on production, should probably be Mark Kanha, who had 26 home runs and 16 doubles. In limited time a year ago, 145 OPS plus uh, to make salaries balance out. You probably have Chris Davis coming back to the Indians in this one. That also allows the Indians to get a little more value. Uh, Chris Davis is a DH only who was not good. Um, when you go back to we go over to Baseball Savant and it tells a really interesting story with him because you go to 2015, uh, 2016, 2017, 2018. All with Oakland since he's come over to Oakland. Barrel percentage, top two percent, top one percent, top one percent, top one percent. This year, um, for a guy who's averaged the previous three years about seventeen percent barreled, that means you know seventeen percent of the time he walks up, he is making ideal contact. He is put hitting the ball in the situation to have the most success. Uh, this year dropped to ten percent, so that's a significant drop. His exit velocity was down. Uh, when you look at things like expected batting average, 10th percentile, his sprint speed, never fast, but now it's down to 25. You know, exit velocity was still in the 70th, 70th percentile, 57th for hard hit. But yeah, he's owed uh, basically $17 million in the next two years, and he looks like toast. So if the Indians were to accept him, that would be a way to help balance the salaries. Now again, Oakland is a team that is not afraid to go all in. If you remember the John, not John Lester, um, if you think back to the uh, the deal with the Cubs for Jeff Samarja and uh, Jason Hamill when they gave up Addison Russell. Now, Russell's had some issues since then, but I mean, he was a cream of the crop prospect. They gave up a lot in that deal. Bean's not afraid to go out there. He still hasn't won one yet. You know he'd like to get a chance. And adding a Lindor to that lineup, um, it, it certainly changes things for them. And, you know, I didn't talk about the other outfield spot. It's kind of iffy. Uh, for them in terms of you're you're going to count on out there at the uh, the other outfield spot. Robbie Grossman, not so good. He actually had some pretty good years with the Twins after the Indians tried him out, and uh, he went away. Chad Pinder might get some time. Uh, I mean, it's conceivable at that point. Maybe they would even see if they could dip their toes in the free agent market for someone like a, a Puig, as they could honestly use another outfield at this point, another outfield, another outfielder at this point. Of course, pitching is also an issue for them, and that could be the other thing that holds them back from going out and making a move. Um, Mike Fires was one of their best starters. Chris Bassett, the single greatest player in the University of Akron uh, baseball history in Major League Baseball. Frankie Montas looked like an ace before suspension. So those are kind of the three core pieces when you're looking at this team in terms of uh, their starting pitching. Their bullpen is going to have some turnover as well. But, you know, in terms of those starters, Shamanea is back, and you could argue before his injury, he was their top arm. Uh, Jesus Lazardo came out and pitched for them last year, top prospect, really well thought of, uh, could be the, the fifth guy on that team. Uh, internal options in that outfield, boy, you know, it's just, it's still not pretty when I go and I look at some of the updated stuff. I mean, maybe you make Mark Kaneha one of the, you know, the play left field. Uh, you know, he was utterly on fire in the second half. 
uh, is the current projection, Lariano in center, and then uh, right field would be handled by Stephen Piscotti. If you do that, your, your DH spot is open. Um, currently, according to roster resources, Franklin uh, Burrito, who's far from proven, is your second baseman. So, yeah, it really comes down to can you convince Symbian, like, we're going all in? Are you willing to do this? That, that's the question, because if they are, we can make this happen from the Indians' perspective, especially, again, if they take back Davis, who is owed two more years and just turned 32 years of age, so the chances of him um, rebounding are very, very low. Uh, I mean, Indians fans complain about the Indians' offseason. Let's just talk about the A's off season. So Jarrell Cotton was going to get a little pricey, designated for assignment. Uh, Blake Trahan was going to be very pricey, designated for assignment. Josh Fleggy, a uh, solid catcher, but again, they've got Murphy Radio, was going to get pricey, designated for assignment. They trade Profar for Austin Allen. I think that's a great deal. Ryan Butcher has been up and down as a lefty, but designate him for assignment. Uh, they go out and acquire TJ McFarland. I don't know how successful he's going to be in the current state of baseball with the way things are. Um, he's such a loogie type. Same deal with Jake Diekman, who's their only free agent addition. They add Vimil Maken from the Phillies, who I believe they drafted for them in the uh, Rule 5 draft. So he's got to stick around if they want to keep him. And in terms of their prospect pool, they are starting to graduate guys up. But they still have some interesting guys that allow this to be a, a team that I think can still make sense for the Cleveland Indians to talk to. And just in terms of free agency, you know, Dustin Garneau, their backup catcher, signed with the Astros. They re-signed Diekman, who they got in trade. They traded for Tanner Rourke. He went to the Blue Jays. Brett Anderson, who pitched well for them, ended up with the Brewers. Homer Bailey, uh, who did pitch well for them, but I talked about extensively yesterday, just ended up with the Twins. So they've uh, they've lost some pieces, but really haven't done much to help themselves. You add Lindor to that lineup. Sean Manea comes back healthy. Um, Jesus Lazardo is the pitcher everyone thinks it is. This is a, a dangerous team. This is a team that... Um, you, I think right now people are sleeping on. But you add Lindor to the Oakland Athletics. That's one of the most deadly lineups in baseball, in my opinion. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, I'm just looking at it right now, and I'm trying to think, well, how would you you organize this team? Um, and I, I would need to see what their most likely, most common lineups were a year ago. So when you look at that, it's, you know, Simeon was the guy at leadoff, so you keep that the same. Uh, Chapman often bounded into the two spot, sometimes using the three spot. Uh, it's interesting that as bad as Davis was, they kept him fourth most of the year. But if you just go and you kind of look like, well, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the wrong part of the lineup. That's the issue. That was at the start of the year. So when you look more at the end, he does move down a bit. But yeah, so it's Simeon, Chapman, Olsen, uh, then uh, Mark Kanha. So, I mean, you're probably going to look at something like Simeon, Lindor, Chapman, Olsen four, Ken Huff five, Lariano moves to six, um, Murphy seven, Piscotti eight, and whoever I'm blanking on at this point, nine. Uh, I'd have to go look at their actual lineup. Uh, probably another outfielder because that's where I, I'm tending. Or, you know, whoever the DH is at this point, honestly. So your nine could be Pinder, um, though I think, I don't know if the Indians... You know, we do know the Indians like Chad Pinder. Would he be enough? I mean, he wouldn't obviously be the central piece, but I imagine he'd be part of any deal to the Indians. 
I'm going to apologize. I've been very coffee this evening, um, so I'm sure that my broadcasting voice has not been good, and I'm sure you guys are dealing with a lot of background noise due to that, so quick apology. So I spent the last 12 minutes discussing why it makes sense for the A's. Um, that, you know, Simeon's going to be a free agent the same year Lindor is. They've got kind of this core together that could be there to compete the next two years. And they have some interesting prospects, in my opinion, some guys who are cresting right now who I would not want to look past. I think they have more talent in the upper minors than a lot of teams have. So let's just let's get to the fun part. Twelve and a half minutes in. What does a trade look like between the A's and the Indians? I'll pull up the trade simulator just to see about close values. I, I do think the trade simulator is, is getting very overused right now. And just because something in there says good doesn't necessarily make it good. Um, but let's just use that kind of to make sure I'm not completely out of left field when I put together this trade package. And let's just start out with the very base thing here. The idea of Chris Davis's value to Francisco or Lindor's value. Uh, Lindor carries a value of 63.4 on that site, negative 21.8. So you're looking at a massive differential already just between those two players. So let's see what makes sense where the uh, the A's could trade some pieces away that, yeah, they're going to sting a bit, but aren't going to also be think, or players they can recover from while still competing in this two-year window. And the thing I have to say about the Oakland Athletics, just before we even get into anything on the very specifics, is... They have one of my favorite minors. They have just 1 through 20, maybe the most interesting list of names in terms of like guys I've followed, guys I've scouted, guys that um, I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy. And even someone like uh, if you pull up like the fan graphs list, uh, James Caprillion at 13, like he was a centerpiece in the deal for um, Sonny Gray, and he just has been unable to stay healthy. Uh, pitched, what, 31 innings at 30... Well, you know, last year wasn't too bad for him. He he got up to about, um, what is that, a little more than almost 70 innings, but he hadn't pitched in 17 or 18. Um, big arm, big velocity, no idea what he is. I mean, you just, you you don't have any clue what to, to do or say about a guy like Caprillion. But that's my example of why this team could definitely put together an interesting package. Uh, he's not part of it because I, I don't know how you even judge him at this point, but yeah, just had to, to mention that. Well, honestly, in this situation, the first thing the Indian should do is uh, say, we want Davis, uh, Laureano, and Jorge Mateo uh, for Lindor and, and see what the response is. That's um, probably getting shut down, let's be honest. So let's look at ways to make this deal work. And I think the centerpiece that makes sense is A.J. Puck. A.J. Puck is a guy, when you look at what the Indians are looking at in terms of pitching, he fits that mold to a T. Uh, he is a big velocity guy. He has been hurt. They have not been uh, scared off by players who have uh, uh, histories with injury. Uh, Puck last year was basically a one or two inning reliever coming back from Tommy John. He only had 11 innings in the big, so we can't get anything stat casty out of him. But, you know, it's a, it's a potential 70, maybe 80 grade fastball plus slider plus change average curveball um he could you know it, he's going to get his chance this year to fully recover uh but there are not a lot of lefties with his pure stuff let's just begin it and end it there so puck becomes especially because they're likely to be more resistant to moving lizardo because he is 
um, projected to, to, to slot in and and the like were. And personally, I think uh, Puck's got the higher ceiling. And we know the Indians like things like, you know, fastball velocity is, is big to them and his stuff moves and it breaks. And I think he would be a, uh, he makes sense as kind of the centerpiece. Now, I already mentioned Jorge Mateo. I think he is another guy the Indians have to ask for just because the Indians need someone who can conceivably play shortstop. Um, I do have some, this is a former top, top prospect who definitely scuffled in the minors, had a power breakout last year, uh, hit 19 home runs last year. I'm not sure if he had hit 19 home runs the previous six years, seven years in the minors combined. Those AAA uh, baseballs being juiced. Why you like him is he's a 70-80 speed guy at shortstop. Uh, He can handle the position. And you're just basically, you're looking at him as someone who, he can hold down the fort. Compared to a lot of guys that are out there, you know, he played center field as well. Um, But I think he can handle short. He's just a, he's a freak athlete. You know, like I said, he can handle short. You could conceivably put him in center or any outfield spot. Um, I just want to double check. Yeah, he's an 80 grade runner. So, I mean, it's physically, uh, yeah, he needs to, to fill out a bit more. But the Indians have done some really great stuff in terms of like body makeup and uh, physical uh, work with players. But Mateo is someone who you could hopefully slot in to kind of fill that spot. You're not filling that production, but you're filling that spot. So, right now, you got a, a high end lefty. You've got a guy who can come in and replace. Uh, we know the Indians like Chad Pinder. I think he becomes another piece in this deal. If it were to occur, uh, he can slot in anywhere on the infield, kind of be a super sub, uh, play some outfield. So that gives you your your three uh, three big spots. Now, in terms of valuation, if we look over at the trade simulator, it's about a 20-point difference. So I think the next guy I have to mention is Nick Allen. The Indians lack shortstop depth in the system. Nick Allen is a plus defender uh he's always going to be doubted because he's small uh he was young you know you get right down to it young for his class a lot of indicators of success future success last year in high a uh he performed very well a 122 uh wrc plus eight and a half walk percentage 15.9 strikeout percentage uh you know almost no home runs 13 stolen bases 292, 363, 434, again, all while being a uh, plus defender at the shortstop position. His lack of power is always going to be uh, a hang-up. But, I I mean, it's it's a 65, 70 potential defender at short who who knows how to play. He can put the ball in play. He can... um, He can... You know, he's going to be doubted, and I'm always going to be a fan until he proves to me that he can't do it. I'm still waiting for him. Everyone says he can't be a starting shortstop, and I'm I'm going to wait to see him fail because I haven't seen it yet, and I don't think that he is. Um, you know, it's like his worst case scenario to me is is Jose Iglesias. Is that a terrible thing? I mean, I think that is is as bad as it gets, and there's a chance for for significantly more because I do think that he is smart enough to have on base skills. He's, he's good in the batter's box. He's always seems to make contact even against uh, top pitching and velocity. He's hit top uh, velocity. Well, yeah, he's never going to be more than like a single digit home run guy more than likely. But when you add the defense, you add the on base skills. I think he is an underrated prospect. So at this point, that's um, 
a guy who's going to start the year in double A, a pitcher who's going to start the year in triple A, but could help your rotation at some point this year, gives you another lefty in the upper minors. Um, a guy who honestly, whose ceiling is uh, second to none in the Indian system with puck. Pinder can uh, help you out in the outfield. Maybe he's a starter in one of those outfield spots right away. And Mateo can fill in it short. At this point, though, it's still not an exact, when we look at the trade simulator, uh, an exact value trade. It's about 13 points different in value. The Indians getting undervalued in this. I love Dalton Jeffries. I don't think he quite fits. Um, his strikeout to walk stuff just screamed me, a guy who's underrated. But I think that's that's part of the problem with this trade simulator in general. It's like Dalton Jeffries is underrated to me. Jorge Mateo has always had physical skills, and he started to put it together. You know, those high bat pips, which both Mateo and Allen have, yes, that shows speed, but it also shows quality contact. And I've talked about that. And th- their values are both kind of smaller on this list. Um, so if you're looking for that final piece... Um, you probably want someone who's going to help the Indians out, someone who can contribute um, sooner rather than later. And maybe that's where you look at uh, a Sheldon News, Newsy, Noisy. I think it's Noisy, right? Um, really high strikeout rates in the minors. Uh, there are, I don't know if he's ever going to be more than a utility guy, but he does hit for power. He walks. Um, he does a lot of things well. But I think he's probably a platoon guy at best. Um, maybe can play a few spots on the infield. Can fill in a third. Can fill in a short. Can fill in a first. Um, he's always had a strong arm, so you, you could probably even put him in the outfield. Like he could be a super utility guy uh, who is a platoon bat for you. Uh, now you know right away, right hander uh, comes in. You know, it forms a platoon with somebody, and uh, I honestly think he could play any spot. Uh, corner outfield, uh, first, second, short, third. He could play anywhere. Um, I'm always nervous about center field, but I, I wouldn't put it past him. I think he could be the ultimate utility player for a team. So this deal might lack a bit of the the pizzazz of some of the other deals we talked about, some of the bigger names. But I think what's interesting in a deal like this is when you get right down to it, it's like puck ceiling is higher than pretty much anyone we've talked about when we talked about the Mets deal. I mean, puck versus May... May is a lot safer, but I, if everything works out, Puck's going to be the better player. Um, yes, Lux. But then again, I mean, but when you talk about someone like AJ Puck, you have a legitimate chance about talking about someone who could turn into one of the top five pitchers in all of baseball. You also have a legitimate chance he's just going to be a reliever due to injuries and uh, some inconsistencies with his control and command. But the Indians, they, they like that type of arm. He makes sense in terms of their um, the development. They've liked guys from Florida. I mean, Moss was another Florida arm they recently acquired. I believe the same draft class, if I recall correctly. It's uh, if not, maybe no. Moss was the class before. I think Moss was stuck in the pen because they had they had Puck, uh, Logan Shore, and another arm I'm forgetting, who uh, who kept Moss in the pen before Puck. Maybe Alex Fajardo. Eh, eh. No, I think Fajardo was was an whatever. Florida's ridiculously loaded with starting pitching through the years but puck is about as high ceiling a player as the indians could hope to get and you know as he's already pitched in the majors and hoping to build up strength and he could be something spectacular for the indians uh pinder someone we know they like you could probably slot him in as a starting outfielder uh sheldon noise uh, is a platoon guy for you uh someone you could put together with 
you know, any number of guys, or it could be like a guy who plays virtually every day, just like, okay, today you're playing first and someone, you know, Tony Phillips-esque. Let's just, uh, let's put it there. Not quite, I mean, Tony Phillips was an amazing hitter, but I mean, just in terms of the fact that Tony Phillips played like every position on the infield. Um, so while he was an everyday player, he didn't really have a, a he was a starting utility player. And uh, noise could potentially be something like that. Mateo is the guy who's in there to uh, take over at short, ridiculously athletically gifted. Yeah, you're going to lose a lot of drop-off in your lineup in terms of production. Uh, I don't know what you do with Chris Davis. Do you just hope he can rebound, and then maybe you can flip him? Do you just swallow it and put him out there and see if there's anything left? I don't know. But, um, you know, if the Indians can somehow do it without taking Davis, like if you're like, well, if the Indians don't take Davis and Oakland can get Simeon to accept this deal, um, I mean, that's two big caveats. But, I mean, it does change the return significantly. I think taking Davis allows you to get Puck, Pinder, Mateo, Allen for shortstop depth. And then, I, like I said, it's just weird because you probably do want to either try to upgrade one of those values or ask for a little bit more. But what it's doing for the Indians is it's providing at least three guys who can help this year. It's providing uh, players for the future. It's providing athletically gifted players. And... The Oakland A's aren't going to be gun-shy about trading an A.J. Puck. They're just not going to be, whereas other teams might be. So that is, uh, I went long, very long. So that is my look on the the sleeper team for the if Francisco Lindor gets traded, um, the Oakland Athletics. And again, uh, let's revisit this in July because uh, things can change, things can uh, move around, and values can shift. But... The athletics are still going to make sense in July because of these same group of players that the Indians obviously value. Um, because we know they've talked to the athletics about Pinder. We know they like pitchers like, I mean, who doesn't like pitchers like Puck? Like, it's, it's a, kind of an assigned statement by me. Um, Nick Allen totally fits their bill. I mean, remember, Francisco Lindor was supposed to be a, a league average bat with plus to plus plus defense. He was not, um, he was not supposed to turn into A-Rod. Uh, even coming up through the minors, that was never the expectation. But he was young, every single level. He was one of the youngest guys. The defense was there, physically mature, strong approach at the plate, uh, bigger and stronger than Allen. But a lot of the, the the words we've used to describe Lindor in the minors are some of the words we use for Allen. Now, again, physical stature and physical strength, hugely different. I mean, Lindor, as a high schooler, could hit bombs out of Safeco Field, and that's one of those infamous stories. So very different in that regard. That That's something that is not lining up at all. But in other, in other ways, those two have a lot of similarities. And yeah, I just, you know, I talked about Kapurian. I talked about Dalton Jeffries. That's the crazy thing about Oakland is, um, you know, Lazardo, Murphy, those guys are going to play for him. Austin Beck was a high pick. We forget that Kyler Murray was supposed to be a top 10 pick for them. I mean, they invested heavily in him, and uh, he uh, he chose football. Uh, Lazaro Armenteros is a you know an interesting guy who uh, I would have talked about some more. He hit for power, and he walked 13, but he also struck out 42% of the time this year in high A, and that's why I didn't really bring him up. But there's... It's it is. I could spend a lot more time just talking about how interesting Oakland's minors are. Um, they've done a really good job developing that minor league system. It is. It's not highly ranked because it's not necessarily loaded with top one hundred prospects. Uh, but I think it's one that just it, it's going to be interesting to track and follow. There's a lot of fun names in that system. A lot of guys who could absolutely break out this year. 
Thank you all for listening. Uh, I, I know it can be hard when there's not much going on, so I hope you've enjoyed kind of this uh, this attempt at uh, prognostication. And like always, go tribe. <laughs>